Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today is part two of a sermon entitled, If the Foundations Be Destroyed. We are studying Psalm 11. We are seeing that when David faced times of great danger, rather than running, David took refuge in the Lord. Today, we're going to continue this sermon. If you missed part one, then I encourage you to download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, or visit my website, awakentograce.com. I hope you enjoy today part two, If the Foundations Be Destroyed on Awaken to Grace. is supreme and God is fully in control. Amen. And it doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter what the media does. It doesn't matter what our culture tries to do. God has not lost one inch of his sovereign power. The plans of the Lord will not be thwarted. Job chapter 42. It won't be thwarted. God is in control. And I think this is timely for the church to say, when you're around all of this unrighteousness, what do you do? You put your eyes squarely on God. And not on our ability or our strength, but on the Lord and the Lord only. Hallelujah. Do you see where David tries to... See, this is why David says, don't miss the connection. This is why he says, it's in the Lord that I take refuge. Because where's the Lord? He's high above. (laughs) David says, you want me to flee to a mountain? Oh no, I can't run away. I can't go out in a place where I'm defenseless. No, I'm not going to go to a mountain of my own making. My refuge is in the throne of God. My refuge is in the heavens. And how important it is that you not get off on your own. That you not get out in a place on your own. No, take refuge in the Lord. Don't, don't, don't leave the place of refuge. And listen, some of you, you've been praying and you've been praying. And yet it feels like God never changes things. It feels like God never intervenes. It feels like God never steps into the midst of your circumstance. And the more you pray, it feels like the worse things get. And Satan will be right there telling you, flee to the mountains. Just go. Go on. Do your own thing now. God's not interested in you. He answers everybody's prayers except yours. God's interested in everyone else except you. Friends, he's a liar. And he'll tell you, he'll tell you, well, just take off like a bird. Leave the church. Stop going. Stop trying. Quit trying to pray. Stop trying to understand the Bible. Stop seeking God's will. Where has it gotten you? David could have said the same thing. David was facing distrust. David was facing deception. David was facing danger. David was completely defenseless. And what does David say? David says, no. No, I'm not going to flee. Rather, I'm going to take refuge in the name of the Lord. Why did he have that perspective? Because he knew that God was firmly on his throne. And friends... God's on his throne in your life. And you look around and you say, well, why is the wicked bending their bow? 
Why are there plots against me? Friends, let me just be very clear with you, okay? Don't think it's some strange thing that people do evil things against you. Don't think it's some odd thing that people lie about you or people spread rumors about you or people don't like you and they try to hinder things or they try to confuse. No, don't, don't think that's strange. This is what wicked people do. And what's going to happen to the wicked? David's going to make it very clear. Look, look what he's going to say in verse number, what verse am I at? Five? Oh, we didn't finish four, did we? The Lord is in his throne. The Lord, the Lord is in his holy temple. His throne is in heaven. He sees. Ooh. Let me tell you something. You've been wronged. You've been violated. You've been taken advantage of. You've been abused. You've been neglected. You ought to just highlight those two little words. He sees. He sees. His eyelids test the children of men. Look at verse 6. I'm sorry, I think that's verse 5. Look at verse 5. He tests the righteous and he hates those who do wicked. Now, we're going to come back to this word test in a moment. But I want you to pay attention to that word test. Now look at verse 6 with me. If God tests the righteous, what does he do to the wicked? Notice what David says. God is going to rain fire and brimstone upon them. Their cup is going to be scorching wind. I find it immensely interesting how David compares the righteous and the wicked here. In verse 5, that word test is the idea of a refiner's fire. We've spoken a couple times this year on the refiner's fire. Now, what is the point of a refiner's fire? Purity is the point. If you and I owned a gold mine, wouldn't that be wonderful? If you and I owned a gold mine, we would want to refine through fire that gold. You and I would find large chunks God willing, right, of gold in that gold mine and it would have a lot of impurities in it and what a refiner will do, and actually the process has not changed that much over all these centuries, what they'll do is they'll take fire to that gold and what happens is all the impurities, all the dross comes up to the surface and a refiner will scrape the dross off of that gold. And the hotter the flame. The more intense the fire. The purer the gold. And you know what the goal of a refiner is? Is once he has purified that gold. Once he has scraped off all that impurity. And all that dross. What a refiner wants to do. Is see his reflection in the gold. And so it is in my life, so it is in this season of blindness, so it is in your life. The refiner 
is burning out impurities out of us. And the hotter the flame, the more intense the fire, the purer the gold comes out. Amen. And God wants to see his reflection in your life. And the purer that he makes you, the more clean he makes your heart, the more clean he makes your thinking, the more clean he makes your life, the purer you become, the better he can see himself in you. Amen? Isn't it interesting that the word test is the kind of fire that they use on metals in verse number 5. But in verse number 6, it's not a testing of fire. It is a judgment of fire. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that even way back in the Old Testament, even here in the Psalms, it is reflective of what each and every one of us are headed toward on the final day of judgment. Every human is headed toward fire. Every human. If you're born again today, if you're upright in heart, if there is righteousness, the righteousness of Christ in you, the Bible tells us what kind of judgment we'll face. We spoke about it last May in the Bema judgment seat of Christ. The motives, the works of our life will be tried by fire. And God will take the works of our life and if they are pure motives, it will be as gold, silver, and precious stone. If it is unpure motives, our life will be as hay, wood, and stubble. And God will set fire to it. Isn't that interesting? He tests the righteous. He tests us. And when fire is set to hay, wood, and stubble, what will be left? Nothing but ashes. But if my life, if your life was authentic, it was genuine before the Lord, the, our, our motives were pure, our works were pure, we lived for the glory of God. For when this life is over and all has passed, what is done for Christ is all that will last. C.T. Studd said that. And if our life was genuine and our life was pure, our life will be as gold, silver, silver, and precious stones. Fire will purify it. Yes. Verse 5, he tests the righteous. But for those who are unrighteous, for those who are without Christ, for those who've never been born again, for those who are wicked in their heart, for those who their lives are not clean, their lives are not pure, their lives are not godly, what will be their outcome? The Bible says that at the great white throne judgment, they shall be cast into the lake of fire. And they will experience an eternal and forever judgment of God Almighty. Isn't it interesting that that's reflected here in Psalm 11? So where is your life today? Are you a righteous person through Christ? Or are you unrighteous in yourself? As we get to verse number 7. This is where the contrast really comes into play. 
And this is where I really want to define righteousness for us. Verse 7 says, God is righteous. The old King James says, God loveth righteousness. Let me tell you, my friends, if God loves righteousness, I want to love it too. He loveth righteousness. It says he loves righteous deeds. He loves things that are done in the name of the Lord. And then he says something very interesting. That the Lord looks upon the righteous. What that means is. It means that we have direct access to God. For God to look upon you means you have access. You have the attention of the Father. (coughs) It's the wicked that he turns his face from. But it's the righteous that he looks to. And what does Psalm 34 say? Those who look upon the Lord... He makes us radiant. And we shall never be put to shame. Amen? When I had my two failed eye surgeries in my left eye, they absolutely ruined my eye. Absolutely ruined it. To the point they wanted to put in a prosthetic. My eye for two years was bloodshot red that doctor said the redness would never go away my eye was completely ruined they told me at Duke University they said your eye may very well shrivel when when that doctor said your eye will shrivel the Holy Spirit of God inside me said "Uh uh-uh you'll be like a well watered garden That's what the Lord said. And for two years, my eye was bloodshot red. But I would so often think, we would do pictures. We do family pictures and I would think of my eye being so red and the way it looked. And the Lord would just remind me, Psalm 34, no Chad, look to me and I'll make you radiant. You'll never be put to shame. Look to me and I'll make you radiant. Radiant. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles. Amen. Psalm 34. And when God looks upon you, he makes you radiant. He lifts his countenance upon you. He shines his face upon you. He gives you peace when he looks upon you. And it's the righteous that God looks upon. What does it mean to be righteous? Well, this is literally what it means. It does not mean to be a perfect person. It does not mean that you never mess up. It does not mean that you can fill in the blank with whatever you think perfection is. Righteousness means to be in right standing before God. And do you know what happens when you come to God just as you are? Do you know what happens when His blood cleanses your life? Do you know what happens when God robes you in Jesus Christ and clothes you in Christ? You become a righteous person. You become upright in heart. And just as Adam and Eve hid before God, no, when God forgives our sin, we're able to come out of hiding. And we're able to stand upright 
before a holy and a just and a righteous God. Isn't that amazing? Are you right with God today? Are you right with others today? Perhaps you wronged someone years ago that you've never made it right. Friends, the righteousness of God will lead you to make it right. Perhaps someone wronged you and you've never forgiven them. There's some of you listening today that there are siblings you haven't spoken to in decades. There's family that you've had nothing to do with for years. There's old acquaintances that you've wrote off because they did something wrong to you. Or something went south. And because of that, you've harbored bad feelings all of these years. Friends, that's not worth losing the righteousness of God over. Some of you need to be right today before God. But some of you need to be right with others. As you get right As God helps you to get right with himself and with others, then guess what begins to produce in your life? The righteousness of Jesus Christ. And what will happen? God will look on you with all of his favor, with all of his radiance, with all of his blessings. Are you right with God today? Are you right with others today? Have you made things right? Why should you make things right? Because God is in his holy temple. God's throne is in heaven. He sees everything. And see, some of you, and I know it in my heart, because I can hear the Holy Spirit telling me this right now. There's some of you who are saying, Chad, if you knew what I experienced, you wouldn't be telling me to make it right. No, my friend, you're wrong. And I want you to hear the word of God today. Remember verse number uh, four? He sees. God saw the wrong. God saw the violation. God saw it. And because God is just. And because God is good. And because God is sovereign. You can forgive today. You can let go today. You can take it to God. And you can rest in the refuge of the name of the Lord. Today if you're tired. Today if you're exhausted. Today if you've been on the run. And you've been running from your past. You've been running from hurt feelings. You've been running from people who have hurt you. Stop running today. Take refuge in the Lord. Take refuge in the fact God saw it all. And yet God, despite it all, will bless you. Will look upon you. And will give you unbelievable favor. No matter who's done what to you. Do not let another person steal another moment of joy from you. Let it go. Forgive them. 
and take refuge in the Lord. Today, are you facing danger? Today, do you feel defenseless? Have you been betrayed? Have you been wronged? Friends, don't worry about the wrong. Make yourself right with God. And you'll be upright in heart. You'll be righteous before God Almighty. Let's stand today. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. What do you need to talk to the Lord about? We're just going to give some time right now for you to talk to the Lord and for the Lord to talk to you. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to be right with? Jesus said, if you come to God's house with a gift and there's something wrong between you and a brother put the gift aside and go make it right with your brother before you go worship God that's how important it is to God maybe right now someone's trying to wrong you someone's trying to take advantage of you Take your refuge in the Lord. Maybe right now you feel like David. I'd fly away. You have financial distress. Health distress. Relationship distress. And you just say, Chad, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to walk away. No. Look to the Lord. God is in his temple. God is on his throne and he sees everything. Look to him. If you need to pray today, you can walk down to this altar and you can sit on this platform. You can stand. You can kneel on the floor. It doesn't matter. We have people who want to pray with you. Whatever it is, bring it down here today and lay it down. And don't take it home with you. Lay it down. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Come right now if you would like to pray, and someone will pray with you. Lord, we give this time to you. Work in our hearts. Work in our hearts, Lord God. Work in our hearts work in our hearts remind us Lord God that you see everything you'll take care of the wicked you'll take care of it that's why we can rest in you that's why we can take refuge in you that's why we don't have to be bitter we don't have to be vengeful We don't have to take any revenge. We don't have to have hard hearts today. Because God sees everything. And you'll make us upright in heart. 
So put our eyes on you today, Lord God. And not on anyone or anything else. Simply upon you. We won't run from problems. We won't flee when we're overwhelmed. We won't turn our backs when we mess up or blow it. Instead, we'll take refuge in the name of